let's talk a little bit about City Hall today. Um, you know, City Hall, sometimes when you look at City Hall, it's actually the government that is most closest to people. It's the, uh, the government where citizens can actually show up at City Council and address council on a variety of issues. You generally can't do that with MLAs. You can meet them at the office, certainly, but you can't at their offices, but you certainly can't go to the legislature or parliament in Ottawa. Those governments are seen as far away. Uh, but how you interact with government, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's an interesting point. Can you criticize government? Of course you can. What if you're looking for money from government? Well, we've had that issue here in Vancouver. Joining me now is Jerry Mayor Judson to talk a little bit about the issue. Um, we've had that issue where, you know, especially activists, activists criticize the government. Mm-hmm. They make comments that may be inconvenient for government. They can get in the face of government. Mm-hmm. At the same time, sometimes they are subsidized by government. They're mm-hmm. funded by government. Organizations that they represent are funded. And there's always that, I guess, um, constant debate uh, and interaction, not always the good interaction, that is always there, that tension is always there. And recently, I think there were some changes brought in by this new new council. You betcha. So in the spring, uh, the ABC City Council put forth an amendment to the grant funding program where these would-be grant recipients ought to be, quote, nonpartisan and respectful in their communications to, about, and with city officials. So, of course, this led to confusion on city council side and grant applicant side because, like, what can and can you not say about your municipal government without risking the funding for your organization? But But now city staff have come back a few months later with a recommendation on how to implement this respectful communication requirement. So here is Vancouver City Councilor Pete Fry with some more details on the initial amendment and this new recommendation. That amendment was introduced in March with not a lot of notice. And in fact, the full amendment also included ensuring that grant recipients were nonpartisan. At the time, I'd pushed back on that and amended the nonpartisan piece based on the basic sort of fundamental freedoms enshrined in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that under Section 2 that includes freedom of association, freedom of expression, freedom of opinion. So staff have come back and said, okay, well, we, we have to address this priority put forward by Councillor Miser of ABC and supported by the rest of council. And staff are recommending a more narrow focus on actual communications and conduct that would constitute harassment or discrimination or intimidation, threats of violence, stuff like that definitely would get approved for a grant anyway. It's just offering a bit of clarification. You know, any further sort of micromanagement of, of the process would, I don't think, be in the, in the best interest of fair and accurate grant process, especially given the subjective nature of what some may consider to be partisan comments or, or otherwise. After, after I proposed that initial amendment, Councillor Meisner did come back to me and thank me for it because they hadn't actually seen it that way and hadn't really kind of given it that full scoping. I recognize this is a very new council, newly elected folks who maybe aren't used to the kind of tenor out there in the, in the public realm for politicians. But I will say notionally, this did put a chill for a lot of our not-for-profit service providers about what they can and cannot do and how they need to mind their P's and Q's and not be critical of the mayor or council or the city. And I think that's hopefully clarified in this this report going forward, and and hopefully it goes forward without amendments, but I think it's pretty clear through this report that valid critiques of politics and councillors and the mayor and the city, those those are all fair game, and that is, in fact, those are enshrined constitutional rights for all Canadians. Okay, so this was sort of cementing things, like kind of intuitive, I guess, uh, uh, identifiers of whether or not we grant a grant to somebody, so I get, yeah, it's just further clarification, which is is always good. Yeah, and and again, I'll, I'll come back to, I mean, we know that harassment it's been up for elected politicians, and it was rough the last term during the COVID was, mm-hmm. was brutal for, for many of us. And I know many of my female colleagues especially 
see an undue amount of additionally sexualized sort of harassment. So stuff that's completely off base. Not that they're coming from people who are applying for grants, but they're often just anonymous weirdos on, on Twitter and that kind of thing. You know, I will give sort of the benefit of the doubt to Councillor Meisner coming up with this amendment as a, as a new councillor and really jumping in feet first to the toxic and often abusive world of, of local politics and, and maybe overstepping a little bit on this. But I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that that was just as a new councillor in a, in a very new world and now recognizing with the full legal context and our enshrined rights and freedoms as Canadians that we do have free speech and there are expectations of that and we would be offside to try and limit that. So I'm curious, with a new council, they you know, brought in this respectful communications sort of motion. Um, what was the initial comment that got them to this point? I'm just curious. You've got it. It's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was by a program manager for the Yarrow Intergenerational Society for Justice. Mm-hmm. And they said, the Chinese Canadian community is, it was on the election of Ken Sim, of course, the Chinese mm-hmm. Canadian community is really excited about the first Chinese Canadian mayor. I just want to point out that just because somebody looks like you doesn't mean that they are actually going to take care of you. So that was the comment that was that referenced. Was, that was the opinion that this person had yes. uh, offered. Which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I think uh, anybody who votes knows uh, why they're voting for someone and why they decided to vote for them. So I found that comment to be rather silly. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and also it did miss the mark. My, this is my, my own personal opinion. The person missed the mark when it comes to understand the moment for the Chinese-Canadian community Mm -hmm. to elect their first mayor. But the overarching comment, uh, I understand where they're coming from, but certainly I I think the challenge is, having been on that other side as an elected official, politics is so polarized today uh, that there is significant harassment, significant intimidation sometimes um, of elected officials. There's just bad behavior, and social media makes it even worse. I mean, you look at uh, MLA offices today, you can't just walk in. They have to, you have to, you hit a buzzer and they got to press a buzzer buzzer to come in. Right. And there are a variety of other security issues now in place just because of the moment we live in. I'm not saying this is the case here and there's these comments, uh, but at the same time, there's always that healthy balance you got to find, right? And that's the pro- that's the challenge. And I think um, Councillor Fry uh, nailed it on the head there. It's just finding that balance in regards to the rights to criticize mm-hmm. in a free, open society. And that and the difference between that and harassment and intimidation. Oh, yeah. Don't harass the people that are trying to give you money. But also, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, <laughs> that too. Biting, a, biting a hand. But like also, yeah, there should absolutely be space to, to be to be critical and you should be, as, be able, I think, by personal opinion, to be as loudly critical of the government as you wish, especially because some of these nonprofit organizations are in place because of perhaps things that aren't working within maybe yep. municipal government. No, I, I think nonprofit associations are there, first of all, to do good work. Number two, they're there to be inconvenient. Totally. In the sense that they're going to say things that you may not want to hear, uh, or you know, sometimes they may not look at something through the lens of business, but the lens of right and wrong. Totally. Uh, they might look through the lens of a budget. And meeting a budget, but mm-hmm. what's right and wrong. Yeah. And that's once again good. It keeps the elected officials on their toes and it keeps residents as well. It's a broader conversation. Just like today on our show, we had a nonprofit talking about rent control. Now, the average investor may not like that. Mm-hmm. A developer may not like that. But I don't think it's fair for people to see a 17% increase in their rent either. Exactly. In a year to pay $2,800 for one bedroom. You know, when it could, that was probably 2200 four years ago, right? Oh, so yeah. It's, it's, uh, nonprofits are a vital part of democracy, that's for sure. Thank Most you so certainly. much. 